Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Praise God. This morning, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to, to Esther. Go in the Old Testament over here. Praise God. Uh, you know. And you say, how could we look at Esther and we're talking about celebration and, and right down the line. Uh, you'll find out that there are a lot of things going on in Esther that are going on in today's world. And just to give you a little, little, little setup here, uh, the king has set Esther in as his new queen. And as she comes in, she doesn't tell him that she's of Jewish origin and she's part of the, 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 the kingdom of the Jews. And, and, and so uh, Mordecai has raised her up. And, and so through her, her beauty and her, her, her favor with God, she's raised up to a position and she's in the king's, you know, she, she's the queen. And so she's right there in the palace. Well, Haman is a, just an ungodly worldly person that's wanting to rule everything himself. And he would walk by going in through the gates, and Mordecai, uh, committed to God, refused to bow to him. You know, the world doesn't mind you being religious, but they do mind you being sold out to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And so, so since Mordecai is sold out to God and refuses to bow to the world and bow to their laws and bow to their whims and bow to their traditions and bow to their customs, and he's going to stand up for God no matter what it costs him, Haman gets really upset, goes to the king, and says this. He says, I'm going to decree where I can get rid of all these Jews in, the, in, a, in these provinces. Because, you see, when the devil starts attacking, he's not just attacking you. He's attacking everybody that believes in God. And so uh, they get the decree done. And Mordecai goes into sackcloth and ashes, and he's not even supposed to do that, but he's mourning, he's praying before God, and the whole nation that's there in this province with him is they're praying and seeking God. Well, uh, you know, uh, you find Esther, and she finds out all about this, and she finds out what's going on, she's, and she gets to Mordecai, and Mordecai then begins to tell her what she's going to have to do. See, it was fine for her, well, she could dress up, have plenty to eat, Everything's wonderful, and I can just live my Christian life without being a problem to anybody. I can, I can live my life for the kingdom of God without being noticed, and I can enjoy the fruits of the kingdom. I can enjoy the blessings of the kingdom. I can enjoy all the goodness of God as long as I don't have to do anything that's going to get me in trouble. Amen? Sounds a little bit like the church today, doesn't it? Amen? Uh, you know, we, we want to use our faith to walk in prosperity. We'll use our faith to be healed. Use our faith to walk in victory. But, you know, we don't want persecuted. Right. A lot of the church is desired popularity over persecution. Right. And so Mordecai confronts her and tells her, you're going to get involved here. Okay, and then we're going to pick it up here in verse 13. And it says, Mordecai told them, answer Esther, do not think in your heart, that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. In other words, just because they, you know you think you've got some money and you got it made, you, you know, when this thing comes, it's coming after everybody. Okay, he says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, ooh, that's powerful, isn't it? If you remain completely silent, if you just act like it's not your problem. 
Does that relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another source or another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And that's the title of my message. Have we come into the kingdom for such a time as this? Because Mordecai is saying this is a kingdom attack. This is the kingdom of darkness coming against the kingdom of God. And you cannot sit back and be silent and operate in what you thought was your place of blessing and not be a voice standing up for God. Amen. And so God is calling us to do this. And of course, it, you know, if you read the next, we'll go ahead and read verse 15. It says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Verse 16, Go uh, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and, and fast for me, neither eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do likewise, fast likewise, and so I will go to the king. Now listen to what her commitment is, which is against the law. In other words, I'm going to have to go against what they're saying I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be quiet. And if I perish, I perish. I'm putting God first. I'm putting God first. I believe God raised up Anchor Faith Church for such a time as this. I believe God raised us up not just so we can prosper, not just so we can be healed, not just so we can be blessed, not just so we can enjoy the blessings of the Lord, but so that we can be a voice for the kingdom of God, standing up in the iron that we're living in, and say, I will not be silent. I don't care if you do persecute me. In fact, if you do persecute me, I will rejoice because the Lord said, Great is my reward in heaven, so, for so persecuted they the prophets that went before me. Amen? And, and, and I'm going to find from God my place of victory, not my place of victory in the world. Amen? Now, look over in Matthew chapter 24. I want you to see this. Because I believe this is really important. These are some of the things the Lord has just really laid on my heart to stir the church, to get back into who we are. And understand our cause and walk in the identity that we have with Christ. And to let our light shine in every situation, praise God. Amen? Now, look what he says here in Matthew 24, and we should be familiar with it, but this is the Lord speaking to the disciples. But look in verse 1, verses 1, 2, and, and really lay out everything that's going on. And it says this, Then Jesus went out and departed from the, the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all of these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he said at the Mount of the Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, they, and they asked him, this is a three-part question, okay? They come and ask him three parts. And he says, tell us, when will these things be? In other words, when is the temple going to get torn down? What will be the sign of your coming? When are you coming back for us? When are you going to take us out of here? And number three, and what will be the signs of the end times? And so the Lord begins to answer these, this three-point question to the disciples about when these things are going to happen. But the first thing that I want you to see here is this. They're marveling over the building. Now, why would I bring this in today? We're going to dedicate this building. Because 20 years from now, this building will not probably look like it looks like right now. Buildings change. Amen? Hopefully, this is a youth room, and you've got a bigger building built someplace else because we're doing what God called us to do. Amen? 
But too many times we, like the disciples, get caught up in the things. We get caught up in the building. We get caught up in, in the natural things. And we get our focus on those things more than the focus of the plan and the purpose of God and why He gave us the buildings in the first place. Amen? So the Lord is not just talking to them about the temple being taken down. He's talking to them about things in the natural change, but God's kingdom never changes. God's plan, God's purpose, God's will does not change. And there's a plan for all of us to walk in. Amen? And so in this, as he's teaching here, the Lord is saying, I've got to warn you, don't get your eyes on the temple. Don't get your eyes on what's going on now. I need to get you ready for what's coming against you. Are you hearing me? It's one thing to attack the building, but you need to get ready not for the attack on the facility. You need to get attack, get ready for the attack that's coming against you as a believer. And know how you're to respond and know how you're act and how you're to walk, praise God. And so we begin to look at some of the things the Lord says. And it's amazing to me in verse 4, Jesus says this. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Now, now, you need to get a hold of this. The very first thing the, war, the Lord warns him of is not to get deceived. You ever notice that the enemy is all the time trying to deceive you? Amen. The, in fact, in the, I think it's the Message Bible, it, it, it says this uh, in verse 4. He says, Jesus answered them, be, no, this is maybe the Amplified, I forget, but anyway. He says, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error. Isn't it amazing? They said, Lord, when's all this stuff going to happen? He says, the first thing I've got to do for you is this. Don't think that you can't be misled. Don't think that you're beyond or above being deceived. Don't think that any, anything like that would never happen to you. Because you see, if the Lord says, make sure that you don't get deceived, that means you could get deceived. Right. Right. Amen? And you say, well, uh, Brother Huffman, I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't see that. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know of some born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire believers that are not on fire for God right now because something happened, they got deceived, misled, and got off into error? So isn't it amazing that the Lord speaks to us in the hour we're living? He says, make sure the first thing you do is this. Don't keep your eyes on the natural things. Keep your eyes on you and your relationship with God. And make sure that you walk in truth and don't allow yourself to be misled or deceived or God get off in there. Amen? So he's talking about guarding our walk with Christ. Amen? And then he goes on, and he read, we read, and he begins to tell us things that are going to come against us. He says, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. Yeah, there are a lot of people out here preaching a lot of bad stuff. It's going on right now, amen? And then he goes on, he says this, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Anybody heard of any wars lately? Yeah. Uh, See that you're not troubled or frightened, one translation says. You know, all the stuff that's happening in the world today is to get you out of faith and get you into fear. It's to get you frightened and fearful and, and worried and concerned. But you know, Paul wrote to Tim, they said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Amen? Well, Brother Huffman, aren't you afraid of all this stuff and the talk of nuclear war and all these things? If it happens, it happens, but Jesus is my Lord, and I'll either go home be with Him, or I'll survive it and preach His gospel and help people get through it. Amen? But the main thing is this, I'm not going to let that determine me going underground and hiding like a mole. Amen? 
I'm going to walk in authority, first of all, and stand against it in Jesus' name. Amen. But you see, I'm not going to let all these rumors cause me to get into fear. And all these things are going on. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. These are things that are going to happen because of humanity. He says, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be uh, famines. We've talked about that. Pestilence. Earthquakes in various places. Pestilence or plagues. Anybody heard of any plagues? Hmm. Gee, the Lord must know what he's talking about, didn't he? Amen. Uh, you know, all this stuff is going on even now. And we see it going on now. And what's the purpose of all these things? It's to get you into fear and to get you into deception and to get you to thinking wrong, believing wrong, and acting wrong. This is an attack not against our properties, but against our walk with God. Are you listening to me? This is the devil saying, you need to be Esther before Mordecai talked to her. You need to think that you can make it through if you just stay quiet. But God is saying you can't be quiet. You've got to stand your ground. Amen. Let's go ahead and read on. He says this. These are all the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation or persecution or affliction. And they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Notice that they, they don't. The world doesn't hate you because you're a good person. It hates you when you let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you. Because Satan hates God. And the devil hates everything that looks like God, talks like God, walks like God, and is connected to God. Amen? And so don't take it personal. Amen? Well, they just don't like me. No, they don't like anybody. This, you know. Amen? Don't let it bother you. Praise God. Because the Lord didn't say, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll protect you from persecution and from people's opinions. No, he said, I'll comfort you when they, they start bothering you. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord's speaking to us here. And then he goes on, he says, and, and, and we'll pick it up here in verse 10. It says, and many will be offended. They'll backslide. They'll fall away from God. Because you see, they didn't listen to the first words the Lord said to them. Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. Don't get in error. All these things are trying to get you away from God. And he said, There's, there are people that are not going to pay attention to what I'm saying. And they're going to fall away. They're going to backslide. They're going to get away from me. They'll betray one another and, and will hate one another. Look at that. You know, he's talking about, one translation says, they'll, they'll betray one another and those they ran with, they'll begin to persecute. You know, there are Christians, sad today, that have been backslid for a while, and they say and do more damage to the church than the devil does. Because they're attacking people. And you know what happens when you get deceived, misled? You think you're right when you're really wrong, and then you get hardened, and then you turn away from God, and you persecute those that are right because they convict you. And they're not the problem. You're the problem. And you don't want to go ahead and face up to it and deal with it. Amen? And so we have to recognize these are the plans and these are the attacks that are going on that we're actually seeing in the world today. Amen? Now let's go ahead and continue. He says, then many false prophets. I like what one translation says. Then many lying preachers. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. You know, it really bothers me because that, 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 that strikes home. I'm a preacher and it really bothers me when I have to compete with lying preachers. Amen? 
But he says, many lying preachers will rise up. Look at that. That's sad, ain't it? Let's go back here. Praise God. Many lying preachers will rise up and deceive many. And because, now listen, lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Because of a lack of law and order. We're seeing any of that today. How many Christians are lying? What's going on? You read in the paper. You listen to the, well, you don't have papers anymore. But you read in the, the bulletins and you hear and you see. And, and everywhere he goes, lawlessness. That bad things are happening. Why? Because when sin begins to rise up, people respond to that sin. And Satan is a nasty person. Do you understand that? The devil is nasty. There's nothing good about him. Are you hearing me? And so lawlessness begins to rise up. And what does that lawlessness do? It causes you to get fearful. It causes you to get uh, you know, all, all messed up. And, and then he says this. Notice he finishes. he's going to finish his discourse here, verse 12, by saying, and the love of many will grow cold. Notice that he started off saying, don't be deceived. And he finishes up by saying, guard your love walk. Oh, it got quiet in here. Praise God. Notice that? Why is it so important that I, I, I guard my love and don't let my love grow? Because the first commandment Jesus said over a couple chapters before this was that you love God with all your heart. And he said the second thing to it that you love others as you love yourself. And so I have to keep my love strong towards God. I have to be passionate towards God. Because you see, if I, want, if I don't watch out, the hardships, the struggles, the tests, the trials, the evil reports, what's going on around the world will come in. And the first thing you know is I'll begin to withdraw. And then I'll begin to get upset. And then I get aggravated. And then I start fussing at other people. And the next thing you know, I've, I've deceived myself and gotten away from God. And now my heart for God isn't as strong as it was before. I'm not treating people with love and this is the thing if I don't walk in love I'm walking in a place where the devil can have his way in my life come on if you read the 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 all of the first John he's all the time in that chapter and those chapters talking about love he's talking about if you walk in love you'll not stumble he says if you walk in love you'll be like God if you walk in love you have fellowship with God because God is love amen and so, so the Lord is saying, don't let your love walk. Why? Galatians 5, 6 says, for faith works by love. So if you get out of love, your faith stops working for you. Amen? And so he says here, all of these things are coming for these two purposes. Number one is to deceive you and to get you upset and to get you to thinking that there's no way out. And the other thing is to get you to quit loving God and loving His church and loving His works and loving His word and loving the people the way you're supposed to. Amen? But you know what happens if we guard our hearts and guard ourselves and realize that in the midst of this, we understand these are not God doing this to me. These are things the devil's throwing at me to get me to shut up. He's trying to steal my faith. He's trying to steal my walk with God. He's trying to cause me to not be a voice that's being heard in this hour of darkness. Amen? But guess what, folks? God called me to be light in the midst of the darkness. He called me to be a voice in the midst of all the voices. He called me to stand up when everybody else is falling away. He called me to be His voice, His spokesman, His person, His new creation right in the midst of all this lawlessness going on. And instead of seeing this as a time of what are we going to do, we should see this as a time of great opportunity. Hallelujah. 
You say, how can you say that? I'm not the one saying it. The Lord did. Look what he says in verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He's not talking about born again. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to believers. He's talking to those that are already saved, filled the Holy Ghost and serving Him. You know what he's saying? He's saying if you'll stand strong, persevere, have fortitude, Go ahead and get you some spiritual backbone. Dig your heels in and say, I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what they're saying about me. I don't care how bad it gets. Jesus is my Lord and I will not turn from God. I will not give up on God. I will be in church if I'm the only one there on Sunday morning. I will read my Bible. I will pray in tongues. I will let my light shine. I will not compromise, Mr. Devil. And when it's all said and done, the Lord will have saved me through everything that you've thrown at me. Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus is saying to us, I'll be there in those things with you. I'll stand with you. I'll walk with you. I'll help you. I'll be your voice. I'll be your protection. I'll be your covering. I'll be the anointing in your life. Because God has called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, Brother Darrell, what are you going to be doing? I said, I'm going to be standing. Somebody said, how can you say? Because Jesus said, if you endure. You know, endure means that whenever you feel like quitting, you just go ahead and stand. And when everybody else says quit, you just keep on standing. See, endurance, it, it takes some effort, doesn't it? Are you hearing me? If you're running a race, listen, you have to have some Endurance. You have to, you have to, when you're mine, my, my grandsons are running cross country now, so they're, they're running the 5Ks, so, so I was telling them, they finally got to see them run, and so I was telling them, I said, listen, your greatest battle on this course will not be the little hills or the, or the, the, the runs or the runners, I said, your greatest battle is going to be between your ears. Because you're going to start getting a little tired. Your head's going to start telling you, slow down. Your mind's going to start telling you, you can't make it. And all these thoughts. And I said, whenever your mind starts attacking you, you got to get tough. You just got to say, no, I can do this. And you got to start talking to yourself. And you've got to just dig deep and you got to go. Because there's more in you than you think you have. And you know, those things operate in the natural, but they operate in the spiritual too, praise God. There are times you just have to stand up and say, I don't know why it's happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I just know the Lord said, if I would stand my ground, He would save me out of this, and He would bring me out, and He would make me the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. And what the devil meant for my bad, God will turn it for my good, and this will turn into a testimony of the graciousness of God. And I don't care, devil, what you throw at me. I am coming through this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I will not be quiet. I will not let you put my light out. I will not get out of church. I will not get out of the Word. I will not get out of the things that God has called me to get. I'm doing this. Amen. Hallelujah. And yet to have the commitment that Esther had. Even if I perish, I perish. Because I'm putting God first. Amen. And though she wasn't just doing it for herself. She was doing it for the entire nation. So when you're standing strong, you're not just standing strong for yourself. You're standing strong for every other believer that you know and every other person that's hooked up with you, praise God. And that's what God is calling us to do. Now, why is it so important that we endure all these things the enemy's throwing at us? Because, verse 14, the Lord brings us to the fullness of what we're supposed to be doing. Look what he says. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. You know what Jesus says? He says, the reason I'm warning you about all these things and the reason I'm telling you to stand strong and the reason I'm letting you know the stuff so that you don't get deceived, you don't let your love grow cold, you don't fall into the, the category of the offended, but you continue standing in the light is because I'm going to use you as a voice for the gospel of the kingdom of God in all these things. Amen? In fact, you want to hear something good? Listen to what the Message Bible says. All during this time. I like the way that reads. You just have to stop with those first words there. All during this time. All during what time, Lord? The famines, the plagues, the earthquakes, the wars, the persecutions, the tribulations. People saying this, people saying that, people falling away, people that you thought was going to just be with God always have, have gotten bad. Now they're, they're fussing at you and calling you names because you wouldn't go with them. During all these things... What's going to happen, Lord? The good news, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world. A witness staked out in every country, and then the end will come. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be a witness staked out for the Lord. Hallelujah. And during all these things, I'm not going to talk these things. I'm going to talk the kingdom. Hallelujah. And during all this time, when people don't know what to do, I'm going to be declaring Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. During all this time, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to do it. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you don't want to hear me. That doesn't mean anything to me. Hallelujah. Come on. If that was something important to me, I certainly wouldn't be here today doing this. Why would I want to be a preacher if I was concerned about people being upset about what I said? Lord have mercy. I have offended more people by accident than most people have on purpose. <laughs> Amen. I'm not bragging on it. It just happens. You know. You get to preaching the word and, and somebody don't like it and they get upset at you. And you do this for about 47 years, you'll find out that, you know, you can stumble over some offenses. Hallelujah. Amen. But no, we have to get to the place where right now we understand what this church was placed here for. During all these things, God has staked out Anchor Faith in Valdosta, Georgia to be a witness for the kingdom of God. And during all this coming, we are going to endure it. We're going to stand strong against it. And we're going to be a voice for the kingdom. We're going to be a voice of peace in the time of turmoil. We're going to be a voice of hope in the time of hopelessness. We're going to be a voice of healing when people are hurt. We're going to be a voice of security when people don't know where they can turn. Because we are going to walk with the king. Hallelujah. And we're going to share the gospel of the kingdom. The message. The good news. That Jesus can get you through this. And if you'll put your faith in the Lord. You may not know how. And you may not know when. But he's going to come and deliver you out of that situation. He'll get you through the crisis you're in. Are you hearing me? You say, can you preach that? And really preach it and mean it? Absolutely. I have been through some mighty crises in my life. Come on. My son is preaching this Sunday on dealing with church hurts. And he said, Dad, I'm not going to call your name out, but I want to share a few times some things that you went through, and I'm going to share from my perspective as a kid. I said, well, just be cautious. Some of them were recovered. They may be in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
Hallelujah. We went through one battle one time, and, and I'll be real honest with you, I'd warred with it, dealt with it, and people was just, I mean, we were, every time we turned around, a new rumor, a new persecution, a new test, and, and the finances were not there, and nobody was in. And, and so finally I went into the building, walked to the front, laid my hands on the altar and said, Lord, I didn't want to come here in the first place. <laughs> this was not my first choice. But I'm obeying you, and I'm, I'm willing and obedient. But this is yours. You're Lord. You're the shepherd. I'm your under-shepherd. It's your responsibility. You said if you would guide, you would provide. And I was led, so I expect to be fed. Hallelujah. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding at all. And I said, and so I put this in your hands. I'm not going to waste another day. I'm not going to worry another thought. I'm not even going to pray about it anymore. Because if it's yours, why am I praying about it? So if it goes under, I'll go where I wanted to go first in, in, in the first place. <laughs> but Lord, I believe you called me here. I believe you wanted me here. Now you take care of this. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I struggle with that all throughout the summer months. And within a two-month period, God had recovered everything, straightened everything out, and fixed it all up. And, and God, why? Because I decided to endure instead of quitting, and I endured by putting myself in His hands. I don't know what you're going through today, but I'll tell you how you endure. You put yourself in God's hands. You put your situation in God's hands. You say, Lord, no matter what's going on, I will not quit. I will not turn from you. I will not be offended. I will not allow the enemy to deceive me into thinking that I can't do what you call me to do. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Lord, whatever the battle is, you're greater than the battle. And you have to come to that place where you put it in his hands. Amen. You just put it in his hands. The Apostle Peter, he, 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 Apostle Paul, he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, the second chapter. And, and he says over there, he says, you take those things that I've given to you and you, you entrust them to other people so that they can teach people too. In other words, Timothy saying, he's saying, Timothy, he said, just, just don't do this yourself. Share it with everybody. Get this word out. Go to people and start speaking to them that God is greater than the problems they're going to be facing and Jesus is going to be there and they need to stand. And then he says, and, and, and you stand strong and you endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and here's how you're going to endure hardness as a good soldier, Jesus Christ. Don't forget who you're fighting with. Don't entangle yourself with the lies of the enemy. Always remember, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm in this for him. I'm in this with him. Are you hearing me? That's how we endure this stuff, folks. We don't allow the enemy to separate us from the Lord. Because if he can't separate me from Jesus, he can't defeat me. Come on, he can attack me. He's got a right to attack me. Come on. John 16, 33, Jesus said, In this world you're going to have tests and trials and afflictions and trouble. But he didn't stop there. He said, But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world and have deprived it of his right to overcome you. Hallelujah. Amen. So the enemy may be able to attack me, but he does not have the right to overcome me. Hallelujah. And even if I perish, my last words will be, Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? See, that's how we do. We just, just dig your heels in and bless God. Here I am, Lord. And we're going to win this city for Jesus. We're going to be a voice for God. 
we're going to declare what God has called us to do. And our vision is this. No matter what's coming along the way, we're going to be a light right in the midst of the darkness. And Lord, they may close all the other doors, but these will never be closed. Are you hearing me? Because we've made a commitment to walk with the Lord. Not to give up. Never to surrender. I'm not going back. Are you hearing me? Listen, the greatest way to learn that backsliding doesn't work is to read the prodigal son in Luke. Don't, ex don't experience it yourself. Let's see if backsliding works. The younger son decided he had, would get it better, and he ended up eating with pigs. Maybe me sliding away from God and backsliding is not the best idea after all. Amen? See, that's why God gave us the Bible, so we wouldn't have to go out and experience it to learn it. Are you hearing me? Huh? I don't have to go to hell to find out it's hot. I can read it in the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. And so therefore, I just choose to endure this. I just choose to be alive. I choose to let my witness be out there. I choose to take it to the, to the family, to the community, to my neighborhood, to the job. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to be a light shining in the darkness doesn't mean we have to go in there and, and, and just preach it to everybody. But it means that we just choose, I'm going to live this life in front of everybody. I'm not going to compromise my walk with God. Amen? I'm going to be a representative of the kingdom of God. I'm going to realize what my purpose is. My purpose for coming to this church is to help the vision that God gave this church to come to pass in this city and to reach the people that God wants us to reach to be a part of this vision. God spoke to Paul, and Paul was a little upset, and he was a little unnerved, and God spoke to him, and he said, Paul, don't be afraid, don't be unnerved. I have many people in this city. And you know what? Paul didn't know that. God said there are many people. They weren't even saved yet. God was saying, I've got a great harvest in this city, Paul, and it looks like the enemy's going to destroy you. You're going to be defeated. Nothing's going to happen. But don't worry. Don't get in fear because you're going to win a host of people. And bring them into the kingdom of God. Now Paul had to make a decision. Do I let what looks like a disaster. Keep me from serving and doing what God. Or do I go with what the Lord said. Paul did what the Lord said. And brought great revival. Are you hearing me. So what are we going to have to do. Pastor? I mean, what are we going to have to do. If we're going to endure this. And be the light shining. Well if you're going to endure. There's a couple things you need to do. The first thing is this. You have to keep yourself full of God's word. Colossians three sixteen says, "Let the word of God or the word of Christ dwell in you. Dwell in you. That means live, abide, walk in you, be in you. Amen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in wisdom. What's wisdom? The ability to use it. Hallelujah. Amen. What am I going to do with this word? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. How am I going to get the word rich? No, she says richly. That means in abundance. That means that's not enough to get by with. You know, what, you know what being full of the word richly is? The devil touches you with sickness and 1 Peter 2.24 runs out of your mouth. Hallelujah. No, by his stripes I was healed. The devil touches you with, with a bill that you didn't expect. And Philippians 4.19 rolls out of you. But my gosh, I'll spoil my knee because it's rich and Amen? Whatever he touches you with, the word is so, you're so full of the word, it just comes out. Hallelujah. 
Amen? Because you're a sponge and you've been showing up at Anchor Faith and Pastor Mark's been ministered to you and you've been hearing the Word because Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and you've been studying the Word, meditating on the Word and so you're just like a sponge and you come in here and they drop you down in the bucket of the water of the Word and you just soak it all up and when you go out here and tests and trials and tribulations, struggles come at your way, then what flows out of you is not, oh my God, what am I going to do? But what flows out of you is the Word of God and the Word of God works for you just like it worked for Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Because the Lord showed us there are going to be tests. Jesus, He goes down to Jordan. He gets baptized in water, fulfilling all righteousness, laying out what God called Him to do as a good son. And then the Holy Ghost descends upon Him in the form of a dove, and He's filled with the Spirit. John says He received the Spirit of God without measure. And the first thing happens after He gets saved, fill the Holy Ghost, type and shadow. We know he was already saved. But he's, he's showing us what we have to do. The moment he's full of the Holy Ghost and right where God wants him to be, what's he do? He finds himself in a wilderness. And the Spirit of God led him there. You know, there are times God will lead you into a rough spot. And we're blaming the God and we're blaming the devil and everything else. God said, no, it wasn't the devil this time. I'm, I've got you there. I'll tell you, I've been in rough spots. And I've stood right there and I said, Lord, if I didn't know in my heart, absolutely was convinced and persuaded in my heart that you had sent me here, I would leave. I heard Brother Hagin say that. Brother Hagin said that he was in one church and it was a troubled church. And he said that uh, he was laying in bed with his wife. And of course, the kids were young. And he said, you know, if I didn't know this was the Lord... I'd pack up all of our furniture at midnight, put it in a U-Haul, and drive away. And the next morning, they wouldn't be able to know where I was or what happened. And they'd know it wasn't rapture because I took the furniture with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, nobody here's ever felt like that, I'm sure. But you know, there are times that, 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 that God has, has called us to stand strong. And it's not fun, Amen. But we stand, and the reason we stand is because we're full of the Word. And that Word gives us ability. Jesus goes into the wilderness. The devil comes immediately to attack him. How did he defeat the devil? It is written. Every time the devil touched Jesus, the Word flowed out of him. And Jesus destroyed him right there in the wilderness, didn't he? You know, in your wilderness walk, if you're full of the Word and the devil starts touching you, It'll just flow out of you, and the word coming out of your mouth will defeat him just like it did coming out of Jesus' mouth. So the first thing we're going to need to do if we're going to fulfill these things and be the church in this hour, stay full of the word. Then number two, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Keep yourself full of the Holy Ghost. Are right, you listening to me? Don't run on a half a tank. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Actually, they tell me that the, the, the Greek scholars say, where it says, be filled with the Spirit, it says, actually, it's a continuous action verb. It says, be being filled with the Spirit. The Amplified says, be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. One translation says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what he's saying there? There's one baptism of the Holy Spirit where you come and you receive the Holy Ghost and you're baptized with the baptism of power and you speak in tongues. But there are many refillings, folks. 
Psalm 92.10, David said, Lord, exalt my horn like that of a wild ox. Fill me with excessive strength and stately grace, and I'm anointed with fresh oil. You know what he was doing? He was getting anointed with a fresh anointing of the Spirit of God, keeping himself full so he could do what God called him to do. Amen? So every one of us, we need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. How did I do that? John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus said, if you're thirsty. You know, a lot of times we think we're hungry when we're really thirsty. You know, if you're dehydrated, you can go eat and still feel hungry. Because you didn't need more food, you needed some water. Come on. And you go and get you a, a big thing of water and you drink it down, and all of a sudden, the satisfaction hits you. You feel good. Because, see, you were needing to rehydrate. You know, sometimes when you're frustrated and don't feel like your faith's working, you know what you need to do? You need to go to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm thirsty. I realize what it is. I'm a little dehydrated spiritually. But you said, Lord, I'm to come to you and drink until out of my innermost being flows rivers of living water. Because you said that was the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we go to the Lord and we get refilled, reanointed. And instead of fussing coming out of our mouth, we're praying in tongues, singing in the Spirit, speaking out the blessings of the Lord, worshiping God. And all of a sudden, we're warriors back in the kingdom of God again. All of a sudden, we're dangerous to the devil. Amen? And the devil knows he just lost another round because instead of us going faint, deception, aggravation, losing our love, no, blessed be God, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the word of God. I'm ready to stand my ground and do what God's called me to do. Amen? So this morning, I'm challenging you. And this next year, as you go from this anniversary to the next, I'm going to tell you, understand the season and times you're living in. And know that God raised you up for such a time as this. And your purpose is to be a voice for the kingdom of God. Your purpose is to stay full of the word, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Guard your heart. Refuse to allow the enemy to deceive you. Blessed be God, if I get to come back again another year from now, I expect to see your face and some friends that you brought. Hallelujah. Because instead of them pulling you out of church, you pull them into church. Hallelujah. Instead of the enemy influencing you away from God, you use the power of God and influence them to God. Amen. Instead of you getting upset and getting just discouraged and and I'm going to quit, you stand up and you go, glory to God, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Glory to God. Jesus in me is a majority. And I'm going through. Hallelujah. Why? Because you continue to feed that word in your spirit. You continued every morning getting up saying, Lord, I believe you to anoint me with fresh oil today. Holy Spirit, I receive you just coming into me. And every day you just get up and pray in the Spirit, worship God, and speak the word. And you watch what happens. I'm telling you right now, the Lord laid this on my heart because God spoke to me earlier when, in prayer about a month ago. He said, start getting my people ready. There's a move that's coming and they've got to get ready. Right in the midst of all that's going on, there's coming a great move of God. And those people who are getting themselves ready are going to be right there in the front of this way that's coming. And God's going to show himself mighty and strong. Amen. And I, don't, I, I do know about you because I'm in the right church. Hallelujah. I believe that we're going to be right there in the midst of everything that God's bringing. I'm not going to miss it. Amen. And I'm going to let God use me wherever, however, and whenever he chooses to do so. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. 
If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.